So today, we're going to be looking at God's generosity to us. What is it that God does for us? And I'm going to start off by telling a story. Who has been to Build-A-Bear? Who likes going to Build-A-Bear? No? Which of the adults have been to Build-A-Bear? Come on, own up. Have any of you gone for personal reasons rather than with a child? Anyone? No, no one's admitting to that one. So I'll just wait for everyone to get sat down. And I might need a helper. Who could help me today? Go on, Elizabeth. Go on, come and stand here for me. I need you to help me in a minute. So this is a story about the Builder Bears. And it's a story about a girl who was called Hope. And Hope was five years old. Hope lived in a nice little house. Can you see a house there? That's her house. That's where she lived. And she had a cat. This is her cat. Who's got a cat? Quite a few have got a cat. Now, I've named this cat Topsy. Because I used to have a cat that was called Topsy, who looked just like that. You've got a cat called Topsy. That's amazing. You've got a cat. Oh, well, you're brother and sister, so that's probably... I'm presuming it's the same cat, is it? And Hope loved Topsy. She thought Topsy was amazing. Topsy used to come and sleep on her bed. Does anyone have a cat that sleeps on the bed? Yeah. Topsy used to pour at Hope when she wanted feeding. Topsy used to sit on her knee when she was watching the telly. She really thought that, Hope, that Topsy was amazing. But for a sixth birthday, Hope went with her grandma to build a bear. And she went and she got a bear. Here it is. Now, Elizabeth, do you want to just start lining these up over here? Can we see that? Just hold it up so everyone can see this bear. There we go. There's the bear. It's waving. And she loved her new bear. And Hope would sit there. She'd cuddle up to the bear on those cold winter's nights. And she thought this bear was great. Topsy was still great, she thought. But this bear was great too. Anyway, there's Build-A-Bear, just in case you're wondering what one looks like. Oh, some sounds of excitement down here. Then, it was Christmas. Now, at Christmas time, Hope got given some money. Do you like get giving money? Get, yeah. yeah, we like having money. And do you know what she spent her money on? Build-A-Bear. A Build-A-Bear. So she got a second Build-A-Bear. And here it is. Go on, Elizabeth. Do you want to start lining these up? Just put them on the floor, line them up so we can see them all. Here's the second Build-A-Bear. Well, it's a dog. Yeah, go on. It's a dog. It's a builder dog but it's from Build-A-Bear. And then it was her birthday. She was seven. She has lots of birthdays. Yeah, we do have lots of birthdays as we go through life. And do you know what she got for her birthday? She didn't get one Build-A-Bear or two Build-A-Bears. She got three Build-A-Bears. you know why? Because she went for a Build-A-Bear party. Who's been for a Build-A-Bear party? What happens at a Build-A-Bear party? Can you tell me? What happens? Yeah, go on. Okay, so you, you, start, you go in a line, you get to pick a bear, and then you get to fill the bear with stuffing and make it. Do you want to see the bears that she got? Now, these will surprise you. Look at these. It's a turtle, isn't it? You weren't expecting Hope to pick turtles, were you? What's the name of these turtles? Anyone know the names? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. These have been around since I was a teenager. There we go. Do you want to put those in a line? 
But you know what? Her bed was getting very full now at night. All these builder bears were taking up the room, and she'd more or less forgotten about poor Topsy. Topsy that used to slip at the end of her bed and go to sleep. You know where she now slept? On the floor. On the cold wooden floor. And she was there shivering away while all her teddies were nice and warm. Her bed was full. Do you know what Hope decided she needed? A bigger bed. Do you want to see the bed that she wanted? (laughs) She said, I need this bed. Do you know where that bed is? Just in case you want to book that hotel room. Next to Niagara Falls. So you can look out over the falls. And she saw this bed and she said, I want this bed. I need a big bed to fit all these bears in. She didn't think about Topsy, though. She didn't want the bed for Topsy. She wanted it for the builder bears. So the bed arrived. It wasn't that one. She didn't get that one. But she got another one. And that Christmas, she went into builder bear and she thought, I just have to get this. Special Christmas reindeer. Can you see that, Elizabeth, holding it up? So everyone at the back can see it. There it is. Line it up. She got some more Christmas money, and what did she buy? Yeah, another builder bear. And you know what now? A builder dog, it's a football dog, that one. Do you know what has happened now? Her bed was full. Her bigger bed was full. There was no more room, so she sat there one night with her family. And she said, I don't need a bigger bed. I need a bigger room. I want my room to... Oh, sorry, that's the wrong one. But she went round her house. Could she find a bigger room? No. So she said, let's sell the house. I need a bigger house. I need to live somewhere where I can fit all my builder beds in. I want my room to look something like this. <laughs> Would anyone like a room like that? No. No. You bury yourself in the middle of them, yeah. But that's what she wanted. She said, I've got all these builder bears, but there's still rabbits that I want. There's unicorns that I want. There's minions that I want. There's different coloured bears. I just want more and more builder bears. She stopped talking that night. And do you know what then happened? Now, this is going to have a happy ending before any of you start crying. So just a warning. It will go happy. But there's a sad bit of the story coming. Suddenly, her brother turned to her and said, has anyone seen Topsy? And they said, no, haven't seen Topsy. What's happened to the cat? And come to think of it, no one had seen the cat that night. Her food hadn't been eaten. They looked around, and then Hope's mum said, I think we'd better put some posters up. The cat's gone missing. Where's the cat? And suddenly Hope realised that she'd pushed Topsy away, that she thought about all this stuff that she was getting in life, and the thing that had been the most important thing got pushed out the side, if you like. Is that sad? She went missing. But you know what? I'm going to give it a happy ending. We couldn't leave it there, could we? Next day, early in the morning, the doorbell rang. Who should be at the door? But the neighbour. And Topsy. Topsy had got locked in the neighbour's shed while they were cutting the grass. This cat changes as we go through. (laughs) The subtle lighting. Just bear, bear with me. And do you know what Hope then thought? She thought, well, I'm going to spend a bit more attention to my cat, that thing that really matters, and not get so obsessed with all the stuff that doesn't matter that much. You know, Jesus told a story. It wasn't about builder bears, because I don't think they had those in the first century. But it was about somebody 
who liked to get loads of stuff and keep it all for themselves. So I'm just going to read it. You can follow it in the Bible if you like. And I'm going to read it out of the Bibles that are in front of you. And then I'm going to use it in a different version just in a few minutes. So if you want to turn to page 986, if you've got a Bible in front of you, one of the church Bibles, it's called The Parable of the Rich Fool. And I'm going to start reading at verse 16 if you just want to follow it. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will demand it from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be for those who store up for themselves, but are not rich towards God. That story that Jesus told. But before we actually do it, I'm going to read it again. This is a slightly different version, because it just puts it a little bit better, I think, this. So this is from the message. It says, Then he told them this story. That's Jesus telling the story. The farm of a certain rich man produced a terrific crop. He talked to himself, What can I do? My barn isn't big enough for this harvest. Then he said, Here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. <coughs> then I'll gather in all my grains and goods, and I'll say to myself, Self, you've done well. You've got it made and can now retire. Take it easy and have the time of your life. Just then, God showed up and said, Fool, tonight you die, and your barn full of goods. Who gets it? That's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. Does anyone here make, um, grow their own food? Go on, let's have a listen. Oh, let me come with the radio mic round. Let's see what people grow. Any of the younger people like growing food? Who grew food down here? Runner beans. Go on. Loads of runner beans. Runner beans. Uh, beans, beetroot, uh, courgettes. Uh, what do we else do? Tomatoes. Okay. Tomatoes, fruit bushes. Tomatoes, fruit bushes. I'll come round this side. Coming round. Oh, go on. Potatoes. Potatoes, fantastic. Are they good? Yeah? Who was round here? Rhubarb. Rhubarb. Oh, Nicola's brought some evidence. Everything. Potatoes, marrows, courgettes, carrots, sweet corn, whatever you want, I've got it. You've got it. Fantastic. Now, I like to grow food. Now, there's many reasons why I like to do that. One is that it's cheap. That's meant to get a laugh. It's cheap. It's fresh. It's organic. And it tastes good. I think there's something really nice about growing food in your garden. Can anyone tell me what I've been growing here? That's one of the younger ones. Come on, do you want to tell me what's on here? What can you see on there? Carrots. Not turnips. Anyone know what these are? Any of the younger people? Beetroot. Does anyone want a beetroot to take home with you? You want a beetroot? No? Oh, Elizabeth wants a beetroot. Go on, you can have that as your reward for being a helper. There you go. Give everyone, give Elizabeth a clap. What else did we see on this tray? Do you want to have a look? What can you see? 
Let's see carrots. Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Strawberries. The last strawberry of the year. Can you see that? It's a bit pathetic, isn't it? It's not a turnip. What's that? That's looking a bit pathetic. It's a parsnip, isn't it? So there are all kinds of things that grow in the garden. If you want to help yourself to those, please just come and gather them later. What do I do to grow food? Well, there's not a lot that I have to do, actually. All I have to do is in the spring, I dig the garden over, I make sure there's compost in it, it's fertilised, I get some seeds, I plant them, and then what happens? It rains. It rains. Occasionally the sun comes out. Sometimes the wind blows. But actually, who does the rest? of the growing process. Who said that? Go on, Ethan. Say it down there so we can hear you. God. God. It's God who helps us, isn't it? God who makes things grow. Job 37, verses 6 and 7, it says, He says to the snow, fall on the earth, and to the rain shower, be a mighty downpour, so that everyone he made may know his work. God who does the why, the how the things happen. You know, I'm not a scientist. Have we got any scientists here today? We must have some. They're just keeping quiet. Now, a scientist can probably tell you why soil and sun and water turns into a beetroot. They can tell you the process of what happens. But they can't tell you why it happens. Why does it happen? Now, I believe it happens because God is generous to us, because God blesses us, because God is the God who gives us good things. God is generous. You know, today, as we celebrate harvest, I think perhaps it's good just to press the pause button in our lives and to thank God for some of those practical things that he gives us, isn't it? Sometimes we can take things so for granted and just think, oh, well, food appears, it just arrives, and we don't actually give time to thank God for what he's done. So, I need somebody who can write neatly to come and help me for a moment. Who can write neatly? Go on, do you want to come? And can we call out some things that we want to thank God for? Put your hands up if you want to call out and I'll come to you with a microphone, it's probably easier. Anyone? For all the happiness in the world. For happiness. Can you just write happy? The times when we're happy. God blesses us with good times, doesn't he? Any other really practical things? Where was that? Friends. Friends. Yeah, make it a little bit bigger. That's much neater than I would do it, though, so you're already on a winner there. Friends. Any other things? Food and water. Food and water. Food and water. Any other things? Love. Family. Love. Love. Doing really well? Yeah, family and love. We've got another one. Do you want to pass the mic down so we can all hear you? Puddings. Puddings. A great thing to thank God for. Anything else? Perhaps two more. On summer. Feelings. Feelings. Good feelings. Yeah. So the time when we feel good. Anyone at the back? Go on. Everything. 
Everything. Everything that's good. Anyone at the back? Come on. Jobs. Jobs. Sports. We keep on going and going and going, couldn't we? Look at all those things. I don't know if you can see that right from the back. But I've got happy, friends, food, water, love, family, puddings, feelings, everything that's good, jobs and sport. Shall we thank God for those things? Let's just pray briefly. Loving God, we thank you for all the amazing good things you give us. Thank you that you bless us in so many ways. And I want to pray that you'll help each of us today to have hearts and lives that are just thankful to you. You are such a generous God and you give us so many amazing things. And so we thank you. Amen. You can go sit down. Thank you. Should we give you a round of applause? I just want to leave us with a question before we, we move on. Is thanking God enough? Is it enough this morning to come and say, God, you're amazing, you're really generous, thank you for all this list of things, and then leave it there? Is that enough? Um, we're going to move on in this parable to look at the next bit about the bigger barns and the problem with the bigger barns in the story. <clears throat> the man says, my barn isn't big enough for this harvest. Then he said, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll gather in all my grains and goods and I'll say to myself, self, you've done well, you've got it made and can now retire. Take it easy and have the time of your life. There's his big barn, just in case you were trying to visualize it. What's the issue here? What is this man up to? What are the problems that are arising? Well, this man is enjoying having a lot of money. He's enjoying having a farm that has produced a big harvest. And you know, if you sell a lot of stuff, you get money for it. And so this man is probably quite rich. So he's got all his, his goods and all his grain in these great big barns. In Jesus' day... People may have spent money, on, not on the things that we would spend money on, but things like jewellery. They may have gone and bought expensive clothes, bits of furniture. They wouldn't have had some of the stuff we have, but there'd have still been things to spend money on. And just like hope in the story that we told right at the beginning, this man just thinks, I need more and more space for all my stuff. I need bigger barns. I want to hoard it all and keep it all for myself. And he sits back. This is the lie. This is what life should be all about. Having loads of stuff, loads of money. You can now retire. You can go and get a deck chair on the Mediterranean and sail around in his yacht and think, this is amazing. Now, we can read this. And because we know what's coming next, we can think, well, this man's been a bit daft. He's been a bit silly. He's not been thinking about the things that actually should matter to him. But at this point, this man thinks that everything is good. Think about your own life for a minute. Do we build bigger barns in our own life? Do we always want more and more stuff? Now, I'm guessing that it's probably not a literal bigger barn. I don't think anyone's probably going to go and build one of those in their garden this afternoon. But it might be that actually we want the next thing. It might be that we want the next Build-A-Bear. It might be that we want the next PS4 game. It might be that you sat there today thinking, I can't wait to get my hands on an iPhone 10 when that comes out. You know, my life would be complete if I had facial recognition on my phone. My life would be even more complete if I had emojis that when I smiled, they smiled back at me. You know, what could be better than that? And you may be thinking that this morning. Or you may be thinking about, well, 
what happens if I could just get that extra pair of shoes so that my wardrobe was totally full? Or what about that bigger house to fit all the stuff in that have accumulated over the years? What about the bigger car? Whatever it is, it would be different things for each of us. Now, none of those things on their own are necessarily wrong. Jesus doesn't tell this man off because of his good harvest or because he was wealthy. That is not the problem here. But it's what he does with the things that he has. It's how he responds to God. He's been generous to him in terms of how he responds back to God and how he responds to other people. You know, I think we live in a world that tells us to treat ourselves a lot. Would you agree? I was eating my breakfast yesterday morning. Here we go. Here's my breakfast cereal box. I didn't eat all of it in one go, just in case you were concerned. And do you ever find yourself in the morning, you sat there, half boggle-eyed, and you read the breakfast cereal box? Is it just me who does that, or do other people do it? I can see a few nods. There's probably some of us could, could reel off the ingredients of Weetabix and things like that, because we've just sat there half asleep reading it. Do you want me to read what it says on the back of here? It says, life's not a dress rehearsal. So go on, learn to roller skate. I'd make you love cheesy music. Tell someone they're great. Well, that's about other people, so that one's all right. Make chutney. I'm not quite sure where that comes in. <laughs> because when you savor the present, life suddenly becomes far more delicious. Who's the hero of that little story? Well, it's me, isn't it? Do things to make me feel good, to make me feel better. I don't know if you saw on BBC News this week about the woman in Italy. Did anyone see this story? Yeah, this woman got married to herself. And she had a self-wedding. And she had a great big cake with a statue of herself on the top of it. Those were her bridesmaids. She made vows to herself to love herself for the rest of her life and put herself first above everybody else. This is what she said. She said, I firmly believe that each of us must first of all love ourselves. That's what she said. Now this goes way beyond her being content as a single woman. It goes way beyond having a sort of positive self-image. This was just about being obsessed with herself and formalizing it. If you were here over the summer, Charlotte Instone um, came and spoke to us and she was talking to us about, you know, often the way that we live our lives has a massive impact on other people. The more self-obsessed we become and the more it becomes all about me, down the line other people may be suffering. Now it may be that we choose to buy stuff that is actually causing pollution in other places. Or that we buy stuff that is causing people's air quality or whatever it is to deteriorate. Our buying of things, our hoarding of stuff without thought for anybody else is often keeping other people living in poverty. We see the problem is when we're at the centre, we just don't think about it. We're not being generous to others. We're just being generous in terms of being me at the centre. We can blind ourselves to issues of injustice. We can switch the news on and we can see the problems that have happened as a result of those hurricanes and we can think, well, it doesn't apply to me. I'm fine. I'm the centre of my world. Let's just get on with life. Now, how many of us, if we're actually honest, live our lives a bit like this? There's the world. There's me at the centre. As a matter of fact, the world does revolve around me. See, it's relatively easy to live like that, isn't it? relatively easy to just live like that. And we think the bigger barns don't apply to us, and we quickly push it to one side. 
See, this man thought he had it made. He thought he was heading off for his luxury retirement. And then suddenly God shows up, and we'll see what God says in a moment. But look at this verse from Luke chapter 10. This is what God says to us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You see, it's not enough to respond to God's generosity to us by just being selfish hoarders. It's not enough to be just like the man with the bigger barn, saying, oh, this is all amazing, this stuff. God actually calls us, just as he has loved us in sending Jesus for us, to then love other people with that same kind of love. And we're going to come on to that in just a few moments. We're now going to move into prayer, and Leslie and Daniel and the family are going to come and lead us. Happy to those who have bread to eat. As grain grows in the fields and rain brings the water of life, we share visions of all your people united in eternal praise and needed together to share good news of justice and peace. Taste and see that the Lord is good. We pray for those who have not been able to gather the harvest because of the poor weather for those who bear the brunt of a challenging climate, where rains have become unreliable and the harvest unpredictable. God of the harvest, hear our prayer. We pray for those who struggle to get land or have been forced off the land they need to be able to plant and grow enough food. For those who have had to abandon land because of conflict and have had to leave crops unharvested. God of the harvest, hear our prayer. We pray for your blessing on communities around the world who offer hospitality to refugees and those who are returning home. God of the harvest, hear our prayer. We pray for those who still do not get a fair price for the food they grow and sell and so struggle to make ends meet. God of the harvest, hear our prayer. We pray for our community and the communities we represent. We pray that we might be agents of change, the east of justice, at work and in our society and in our world. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for leading us in prayer. We've just gone to the the last PowerPoint. This is about being rich towards God. See, the story that Jesus tells comes to end. And it doesn't end in a very nice way, does it? I don't know if you noticed it when we were reading the story earlier on. It's not like the story that I told with the builder bears, which I I put a nice ending on. This one ends with the man dying. His life comes abruptly to an end. God shows up, and his life ends. Now, we don't need to feel sorry for this man because he never existed in the first place. This is a parable. It's a story. But it does ask some serious questions of us because God asks the question of the man. Your barn is full of goods, and who gets it? 
You know, all this stuff is accumulated in his life. And what does it matter? Now, I've shown this slide before, but I think actually it's really significant. Do any of us want that on our tombstone? Remember me for my stuff. Remember me for all the things that I have. How do we want other people to view us? Or actually, more importantly, do people see Jesus in us when they view the way that we choose to live our lives? came across this quote this week. I just want people to see the Christ in me. I don't even care if they know my name as long as I get to know my God. Is that how we want to live? That actually we reflect Jesus through our priorities, through how we live, through our generosity to other people. You know, if I thought people thought I was selfish and mean and obsessed with myself and greedy, I hope I would actually be distraught by that. Because that's not the kind of person that God calls us to be. Jesus calls us to be people who are just like him. Who go the extra mile. Who will lay down our life for our friends. Who will be generous. Who will be kind. Who will be loving. Being rich towards God involves not filling our lives with ourselves, but filling our lives with God and his priorities. You know, the Bible has an awful lot to say about being generous. Here's just a couple of verses that I found. <clears throat> this is from Proverbs 19. Whoever is kind to the poor lends, it should say, to the Lord. He will reward them for what they have done. And this from Matthew 6, verse 2. When you give to the poor. An important word in that. When. When you give to the poor. Not if you feel like being generous to others. No, Jesus' instruction is... Not if, but when. When you do it. 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 and 7, about the cheerful giver, it says, The point is this. Whoever sows spirit sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. But God loves a cheerful giver. What does Paul say? He doesn't say, if you happen to feel like possibly giving and, and being generous with your money do it. He says, must give. Jesus says, when, not if. <clears throat> in two weeks' time, Chris is going to be um, picking up on the whole um, um, sort of theme of, of our monetary giving, about what it means to be generous to God in that kind of way. I don't want to sort of steal any of what he's going to go on to say this morning, but just to say, there may be some of us this morning who need that switch to be flicked in our brains about being generous to God. Not if, but when. It's a massive change in the way that we view things. But being generous towards God is not just about money. See, it goes way beyond just the money that we have in our pockets or in our bank accounts. Just think today, how can we all, right from the youngest amongst us to the oldest, be generous in the way that God is generous to us? How can we use our time? How can we do those simple acts of kindness that demonstrate the love of God to other people? How can we use our speech do we ever say things that are unkind and unnecessary to people? Can we use our words in ways that are kind to other people? How can we love one another in the way that Jesus loves us? Lots of things for us to think about. How can we be generous to God in the way that he is generous to us? just want to pause there, and I want you to spend just a moment, if you want to just close your eyes, and think about what God may be saying to you this morning about how you can be generous to him.
And there's just one Bible verse I'll read to close. from Galatians. It says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. To serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbour as yourself. So Lord Jesus, we pray that on this day as we've remembered harvest, as we've remembered all your goodness to us, that you'll help us not just to gather more and more of the, the generosity that you pour into our lives to ourselves, but help us to give it outwards. Whether that's in our money, in our time, in our energy, whatever it is, Lord, help us to do it all for you and for your glory. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.